sitting in here at the Forum in Columbus, it makes me feel like my old club days in, in high school and in college, but I ain't had no gear. I wore the same FUBU shorts every single weekend in college. To Tigerland, after the game, there was some green FUBU shorts with slippers. Yeah. yeah. I actually bust out of them slippers in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had me a pair of fake Jabos, though. I ain't go FUBU. FUBU was cool now. Don't say all that. People hate no FUBU. FUBU was it back in the day. For us, by us. Yeah, man. Hey, I, I wore number five just so I could go buy FUBU jerseys and walk around like in my number. <laughs> well, no, nah, actually, I had five because two was unavailable. Brandon Dale had it, but then he was on steroids and he was rolling down the street. <laughs> now, real talk, Brandon Dale was coming. He was rolling down the street, dog. And he was like, RC, you can get that number two. And then I went and asked the coach. And he was like, yeah, Brandon was on steroids. <laughs> But I, I do feel it, though. Brandon was a white DB. He needed all oh, the help yeah. he could get. Yeah, there ain't too many of them. Jason yeah. Seahorn was the last one. Jason Seahorn, man. Jason Seahorn. I, I got Jay on tape. <laughs> Freddie T always won't talk about, like, what he did to somebody yeah. in the game. That's all people, he ever talks about. Sometimes people forget. And uh, shout out to me and all those people that all of the selectors that selected me again this year as a nominee. Shout out to y'all. Hey, y'all. Yeah, so some people forget. Freddie T, it's because they can't find the black and white film. It's difficult. <laughs> hey, every, hey, the little real joint, you know what I'm saying? Hey, the joint yeah, where they got yeah. the big one in the back that slides to the other yeah, one, yeah. and it's crisscrossing that figure eight. Y'all <laughs> 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 really be coming at me sideways with this age stuff. Hold up. Let me listen. They can send me a pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm finna get me up. On the mission, get me up. No one me, I got the key. Only vision I can trust. Trust. Limitless. They can send me a pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm finna get me up. On the mission, get me up. No one me, I got the key. It was an interesting week. Uh, we had Mike McDaniel uh, last Friday. Desi Banks this Tuesday, but for us, like we've missed some some things. Uh, the Jay Norvell comments about Deion Sanders and his hat and his 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 sunglasses, and just sort of what that did to the Colorado State Colorado game. I mean, that game was one. It was undisciplined by everybody, right? Everybody got out of pocket, and you go back to the middle of the field before it even starts, whether it's Shadour or Travis or Shiloh, the Colorado State players, like, man, when, when that level of intensity starts, but then that level of intensity starts to roll over into hate, I don't think people understand what that does for the great equalizer in football, which is physicality. Right, and everybody's sitting at home and they're appalled that, you know, Travis Hunter got hit late. Me too. I think things should be handled in between the whistles. But we also have to understand that that starts to happen when jealousy creeps in, when actual feelings of anger and hate creeps in. So when you're watching that game and now Henry Blackburn, who did hit Travis Hunter, who will be out for a few weeks with the lacerated liver, is starting to get death threats about a football game. And Dion obviously comes out being the great man that he is and says, hey man, nah, like, like I don't condone that. Like, like those things shouldn't be happening. And watching that game and sort of the aftermath from it, what are your thoughts on the things that have transpired? First off, anything different, people are scared of. And Dion, Coach Prime, 
is the definition of something different running an organization. How he's doing it, the 86 player turnover, how he acts, his swag, putting the chain on his son, wearing the sunglasses and hat. This is not a cookie cutter thing, and Dion's showing you that. The jealousy comes from that team being 1-11 last year and now being 3-0 under Dion, and Colorado State not getting the love they think they respect. But the death threat thing, I'll get there. This is a damn game, and I love what Dion said. You can talk bad about me on Twitter. You can make fun of me on Twitter. You can do all that. And I always say, you know, I'm the guy. My whole thing is the hell what somebody say, thinks about me. I don't care. Death threats to anybody, and especially a college student, that's ridiculous. Because you want to say it's just somebody mad talking trash. Somebody that bet on, bet on the, the, the Colorado to cover the spread and now they're upset. But RC, Freddie T, there are crazy people out there. Right. We see it all the time with these damn school shootings. So there are people out there that will stupidly go and take another person's life. So for you to even joke about that, play about that, in anything to that level, I love that Dion, as the bigger man, came out. And I don't say on the other side of the argument, but it was his top player, I'd say, in Travis Hunter that's now out with, with out three weeks, four weeks, whatever it is. And for him to say, hey, this is too far. This is a young man. This is a young man trying to graduate. This is a young man trying to go to the NFL. Did he make a late hit? Yes. And they threw the flag. That's the punishment for a late hit, isn't it? It's a flag. It's 15 yards. Please move on. But death threats at any level is unacceptable. No, you hit everything on the head, everything I would have said about the death threats. The, the, the beauty, what I love about Dion, there's a real Dion effect, right? I think ESPN had that game rated as the fifth most watched. Top five. Top five most watched sport, sports game. Um, but Dion is doing more than coaching. He's teaching. You know, not just his players. He's teaching society what being faith-filled, you know, what um, – what being positive, you know, what all that stuff looks like and that we can actually coexist and come together. You know, because at one point, you know, they said, we got this black man leaving a HBCU. Now he's going to Colorado. Will this work? It is definitely working. You know, and he's been very impressive early on. His spirit is contagious. The other night watching the, the Monday night game, TJ Watt uh, got a scoop and score for a defensive touchdown for the Steelers. And he did Dion high step then, you know, in, in the end zone to celebrate. So Dion is so contagious, man. And I just love what they're doing over there in, in Colorado. And hopefully it'll be a, a bigger trickle-down effect where people can understand that we can coexist. Sport is sport. But sport has always been that one denominator that brings us all together. And you don't have to be that square-ass, buttoned-up, collared shirt-wearing coach to be a successful head coach. That's what we've seen in the past. Remember, I remember what was it was Mike, uh, Mike Nolan and different guys. They were wearing suits on the sideline. The NBA with their whole, their whole uh, dress code policy. What does that have to do with being a successful sporting team, a successful organization? You look professional this. Deion wearing sunglasses and a hat upset that man that bad? Like, let's be real, man. Like, that's not what upset Jay Norvell. You have to realize Jay Norvell's dad was the first African-American athletic director at Mississippi State. Jay Norvell's mom was a fashion model, right? He grew up in Madison, Wisconsin. That's just different culture. And people are just pointing to, oh, it's not racist and this and this, he's black. No one's saying it's racist, but I am saying it is about culture. It is about, about upbringing, but it is about being able also, let's embrace the differences in one another. Right. The thing that Dion said after the game was, I want to see that black man succeed. I want to see him do well. My blessings and his blessings 
don't take away from one another. If he does well and his program succeeds, if I do well and my program succeeds, then that's just two of us doing what we're supposed to do. And I, I also think though, like for, for me, like somebody has to be honest about it. The way that Dion and that program as a whole goes about their business, it is with a level of arrogance. Travis Hunter believes he's the best player in the country, and he very well should. Shador Sanders believes he's the best quarterback in the country, and he very well should. What they are doing on the field proves that, right? But you got to know that when I'm coming from hardships, when, when I'm coming from a place where I can't afford a diamond Rolex and you flash your Rolex, that's arrogant, mm -hmm. right? When, when you walk out to the game with your chain, right? That's arrogant. If I'm playing on a team and I'm in college and I see you walk out with Lil Wayne, that doesn't happen. It just doesn't. So the Dion effect, though he's not doing anything wrong and Dion's only being him, those kids are only being them. If we as a culture didn't understand and grasp who they are, grasp where they're from, understand that sort of swag, then we would see it differently. If it wasn't Dion and we didn't love him so much and we weren't so used to prime being prime, right? When you're watching Shador Sanders at the end of the game with sunglasses on and they're asking about him and we say, all I'm thinking about, I don't know, was the Brady effect or whatever he said, yeah. right? Another 20-year-old kid says that about Tom Brady? We got something to say. And don't get me wrong, I like them. Right. I want to see them win. All I've done is back Dion and the program from here. But like, be straight up, bro. The way these kids are acting is somewhat at sometimes insufferable. And if we had watched other kids in college behave this way, we would say something like we just would. But it's not not even that. It's that they're, they're verbalizing it. You don't think when LSU was balling. When Jamar and Burrow and them boys are there, they thought they were the best. They knew they were the best, but they knew it was unacceptable to say it. Right now, Georgia right now, Georgia and Alabama. Alabama's having a drop-off, and I love it because Nick's, you know, you know how I feel about Nick Saban. But you, you can have confidence. You can know you're the best. You can know you can ball. You can be a top five. But now I'm saying it. Now I'm showing to your point a little more culture. Who flashed a Rolex in college? It's going to happen a lot more with this NIL because these boys got money to buy Rolexes. But... I'm confident I'm the best. I've worked hard. I have outworked to become the best player at this position or the best player, the best program in this sport, but I can't tell anybody that. I don't think that's right. I love what Deion's doing for college that, sports. And that's the main, that's the reason. I mean, it's, it's, it's stemming from the head coach, right? It starts with Deion. That, that's always been prime. We said it last time we talked about Colorado and Dion. It, it starts with Dion, then it trickles down to the players, and then they're giving it to you. They're giving it to everybody. When you, you, you talk about George, you talk about LSU. They, yeah, LSU know they're good, but the head coach never said that. They showed it through their play, right? When that stuff happened with Colorado State, they everyone said it was going to be personal. It's personal now. Well, Colorado State felt the same fucking way. Because they that's showed the up. Thing. And that's what Colorado is going to have to prepare for every each and week. every week. Yes. 
you, you, you made your bed, you got to lay in it. Teams know you're coming and they know how you're coming. So they're going to come and give you their best shot. So what you got to do, and Dion said, I think he recently said on a post he made, he said, we got to play our asses off. We got to work hard each and every week. Each week we got to get better. But more importantly, we have to be disciplined, not just on the field, but in our personal lives. Because when these kids start to feel themselves, the arrogancy, it's going to lead to off the field behavior, on campus behavior, that other form of entitlement around campus. We're the big men on campus. How are you going to act then when, you know, somebody says something to you? How are you going to respond? Are you going to start seeing guys kick, kick, kicked off the team, which in turn going to hurt the team? So a whole lot is going to shine on these guys, and they got to be able be ready to respond see, no like, matter what. Yeah, see, like, I think, like, that stuff doesn't bother me. Like, I don't, like these are good kids. You know, and I, and I don't, don't want in any way for what I'm saying to be like, I don't think these are good kids. I don't think that these kids were raised in a way to handle themselves right, right. well, right? Like Shador Sanders grew up better than we live now, mm -hmm. right? This isn't a kid that's uneducated. This isn't a kid that's from the hood. This isn't a kid that is a victim of any sort of circumstance other than just being really talented and, and having an opportunity to live a life that, young men his age could only dream of, which is continuing to grow because he's going to make enough money where he's going to be able to decide at the end of the year, do I want to leave now and go top 10? Or do I want to come back here next year and make millions of dollars and go number one overall? He's going to have an opportunity to make that decision. But the point you made, Freddie, is the point that I think is important. And, you know, and I sent out a tweet after the game and people thought it meant I was condoning the late hit on Travis Hunter. No, I think that's Bush League. Right. And if somebody would have came off the sidelines, right, and threw hands with dude, they would have been for sure within every right yeah. to do that. This is the best player on our team. It was a cheap shot. It was after the whistle. You had to do it because you ain't better than him. Now you got to come see me. I'm the goon. I know I ain't playing. We're going to be all right if I don't play next week. Somebody got to go handle that. That I'm, I'm comfortable with. Right. But we live in a world and a society that act like Football players are in some way these evolved humans that don't use emotion, right? right. Like when, when I go out to play Freddie T, you damn right. I want to hit you as hard as I possibly You're can. And I want you to feel it. And I want you to think about it. And if you don't get up afterwards, man, I feel bad because I want you to leave the stadium as the same way you walked in. That's my business. But if we don't, and when I'm in that moment, that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about if either one of us get up. I'm comfortable if we don't, because right. that's what we both signed up for, right? And then there were times that it got personal, and my hopes were that you didn't, yes. right? Like, you could say something to me, you can act a certain way, and it could change the way I now see going about my job, because now this is between me and you. Now this is the equivalent of a fight, but guess what? I can't get arrested. Yes. Right? Like yes. I can't get arrested. And and so and so when you sitting in the middle of the field and you calling me sorry and you saying all these things, my only thought is the greatest thing about our game is you got to come see me at some point. Next play. Right? You got to come see me. And when you got to come see me, the greatest equalizer in what I was never going to be more talented than him ever in life, right? But by the grace of God, at some point there might be a very small space where he can't dodge me and we just got to see who refuses to blink. Ooh, 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 ooh. Right? That's what I want. Right? Like, I, I feel like if you give me that, 
I like me all the time against anybody, and it may not be true, but because I believe that, I will never flinch. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so now Colorado is are, gonna have to see that every week. Yeah, and are you not allowed to say that? Are you not allowed to have that confidence verbally? You, the stay humble, stay humble thing. Why do you need to stay humble if you're great? You're putting, to your point, you're putting the bullseye on your back. Yeah. You're gonna get 110% of everything they wanna do. But that whole no bulletin board material stuff, don't say that, don't say this. Dion threw that out the window. Dion is giving everybody in the nation bulletin board material for his team. Now they have to back it up. Is that fair for the kids? Is Colorado's roster as good as these top 10 rosters no, out there? No. And that's what Dion's gonna have to deal with. But Dion is not a dumb dude. Dion knows exactly what he's doing. The marketing behind it, I'll compare it to boxers. We're good, we good friends with Floyd. Floyd goes and tells you, I'm 40 and no, I'm 42 and no. Y'all can't whoop me, I'm the best ever. That guy walks into your point. Everybody walked in with these great boxers and say, I'm gonna be the first loss for you. No, you ain't. And Floyd looked back at him verbally and said, no, you ain't. Why is it so bad if they're amateurs now? Whatever, well, they're not amateurs because these motherfuckers getting paid. Why is it so bad that a college team right now can have the confidence of a Chance. boxer and almost market themselves? It's not, it's not. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad. I just think it's unfamiliar in the sense that these are not the things we've always been taught, right? You've been taught humility. And it's not nothing's wrong with it, but you're acting like people ain't feel that way about Floyd. It ain't like folks like Floyd, right? Mm. We, we love them, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Because we like excellence. We love black excellence, mm -hmm. right? But there were people, the reason the, the pay-per-view wasn't high because the fight was going to be exciting because most of the time he was so dang good. It actually wasn't, right? People signed up like, what if they actually catch him and knock him out? I don't want to be the person that misses that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like we're in this world, and, and, and I'm about to change the subject. We're in this world of sensitivity, bro. And like everybody, like, you know, it used to be like you could only like virtue signal in like real life and in like politics and stuff like that. Now in sports, we all want to be so evolved and Oh, he's a dirty player. Mika Fitzpatrick, he dove at Nick Chubb's knees. Well, what have you ever seen people hit Nick Chubb in the face? Don't do it. They ain't never tackle him. <laughs> Don't do it. They ain't never tackle him. And what? I'm just waiting. For, I'm just raising my hand whenever you're ready. And he made me feel like Denzel. When Denzel walked into the, uh, when Denzel walked into the gym, gym why is you raising your hand? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just raising. It ain't fun now, is it, son? <laughs> I'm only raising it, RC, because you know a few moments ago you said that if you had you 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 don't think you would ever be as talented as me, but if you had that opportunity where you had me in the hole, right in the tunnel, and it's me versus you, mano y mano, you're gonna give me your everything, and it's my job to try and return that favor. Minka and and Nick, it was the same scenario the way I saw it, and for me it seemed that. Minka turned it down. Now, as a player, the worst type of tackle for me as a running back is when you hit me low. Bob Sanders, Troy. Hit, hit, hit me in my chest all day, let's get it. You hit me below these knee pads, look, that shit hurts. Yes. Hit me on my shin, it hurts. And I'm gonna think of you a certain type of way, but I'm also gonna say you made a tackle. You're a very smart player, you got your job done, and it benefited your team. 
need be. And maybe throughout the week, that was the assignment. We can't hit him up high. We know what he does to you. And uh, I'm not going to say Minka was a dirty player for, for, for get doing his job. He did his job, and unfortunately, you know, we all lost Nick Chubb for the season. Yeah. And, and that's my two cents on it. We hate to see injuries, but to be honest... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. As a defensive player, and Freddie will bring you up, yo big ass running a 4-2 straight at me, and I was 250, my job is to get you down by any means necessary. Thank you, God. And listen, watch football. You know what 85, 90% of tackles are made? Belly button and knees. I teach this to my high school team. Don't hit no dude like you in the chest, Fred. You gonna funk him. I took cheap shots on you in preseason <laughs> because I knew if you saw me coming, I was gonna get my ass ran over. I remember that. By any means necessary. Mika Fitzpatrick's about the size of my 12-year-old, uh, 10-year-old daughter. Mika's not a big human. You think he gonna hit Nick Chubb in the chin and you know what's gonna happen? He gonna get cussed out at film. So what am I gonna do? Am I gonna go low on a guy that weighs 40 pounds more than me, or am I gonna go up high to be a man, to not be called a bitch in film, and get ran the fuck over? Freddie, I'm tearing them knees up. It's two sides to it. It's that safe face side, <clears throat> and then it's that side where you have a guy like RC who was undrafted, who wants to show the world and also prove to himself I can get this done how I think I can get it done. And if that means I'm gonna hit him in his chest on this play, I'm gonna take that shot. If I gotta be smart to make sure I'm gonna take the sure tackle, I'm gonna take that shot. And again, I don't think Minka was dirty, much like a lot of tweets that RC mentioned he got. It wasn't a dirty play. It was an effective getting his job done, made a stop, they limp, they stopped the touchdown. Well, that they stopped the touchdown on that specific play. They scored a few plays later. And, you know, it was just, it's just part of the game. I want to give a, a shout-out to Nate Burleson. Um, everybody knows how I feel about, like, Twitter analysis, mm -hmm. right, and analysts. If you say something on Twitter, I'm not tweeting you about your thought. That is your thought. And if I got to tweet you about your thought, guess what? I should unfollow you. Because if your thought bothers me to the point where I feel like I got to respond, I'm stupid. Because I shouldn't be following. But what you want them to do? That's how I feel. What you want them to do if they want to talk to you? Huh? What you want them Don't to do? Don't talk to me. You, That's you, what I want. You be telling them to call you. So. I'm not arguing on Twitter. Call me. You, you're if you got my you're number. I am. But, but, <laughs> I, but I, I say this to say, Nate Burleson, man, I woke up. The, I woke up Tuesday morning and Nate texted me. He said, RC. I'm going to respond to this. You know, I want to show people that you can have respectful disagreements. And I just want to say this about Nate. Nate didn't have to do that. We are friends. I think he's one of the best in the world at what he does. But I will always respect him for that. If you can hit me as a man and say, bro, I don't agree with this, but I also respect you enough to let you know I don't. So, you know, going forward, this isn't some sort of public way to elevate myself over you or elevate myself by using you. And I appreciate that. And then he went through to say all the different things Mika Fitzpatrick could have done 
in that situation. Or hearing people tweet me and tell me, well, there was somebody already tackling him, right? From the bottom of my heart, as a player, I don't give a F if they're already tackling him. Here's my thought. Here is how I played the game. My job was to defend every single blade of grass. Coach Tomlin would always tell me, give me another blade of grass to defend and we can win. Right. So that means if Nick Chubb is being tackled already and he's still moving forward, it's my job to stop that forward momentum any way that I can. And there's all these people who are sitting at their house who have never been in that position, who who weren't screaming, oh, my God, that's dirty. When Adrian Peterson put his face in William Gay's chest and William Gay was swinging for him with his legs and his feet like a cockroach. Right. Nobody was like, oh, why'd he hit him in his chest? Why'd he run him over? Because he can, which Nick Chubb can, no matter who's on his back, no matter what's going on. Now, for me, truly, with the way Mika had an angle on him, I would have tried to hit him in his ear hole with the top of my helmet, which is why in 2009, when they made the tape about which hitch was going to be illegal, eight of them was me. Yeah. Right? My homeboy Joe called me and said, well, hell, they could have made a damn highlight tape of you. Who that two five? That's all you do. You ain't going to be able to make a tackle. Right? But I say that to say they've regulated that out of the game. And so now they're talking about this strike zone. Right? You know what happens to this strike zone when you try to hit them? Everything. They do this. So now his face mask, the crown of his helmet, which they never call, Mm -mm. his shoulder pads are now going to hit me in my chin. So what you're asking me to do is, right, because they're always like, you want people to get home. The same same way Nick Chubb got family waiting for him to get home, Minka too. Yes, he does. Right? And also, they waiting on them checks. Them checks that say if you tackling Nick Chubb and he get four more yards or he get two more yards or they get a first down, that's on me. People, here's what Mika Fitzpatrick is paid to do. He's paid to stop folks. His mother effing responsibility ain't to make sure everybody be healthy. Here's what you do if you want to be healthy. Don't try to get mother extra yards then. Yeah. Tell them when they touch them, stop running. Bye. If you don't want them to get hit no more, don't run no more. Bye. Because as long as you moving, I'm trying to either put you to sleep or I'm trying to hit you so hard that every time you see me the rest of the day, you do something different. By any means necessary, get that man on the ground. Any means. If you're not teaching that as a defensive coordinator, your defense is not that good. If you're teaching hit a dude in his chin every play, What's the big rumble? The Marshawn Lynch, the, the thing where he ran over 19 people in Seattle and ran down. The, uh, the beast quake. The beast quake. If that safety that ran up second would have chopped him in his, in his hip, the beast quake would be nothing. They were trying to tackle a big-ass running back up high. By any means necessary, get him on the ground. Fred, you just said it. I love that you said that because you are a Hall of Fame running back. Yep. Yeah, come on, guys. Hit me in the chest. You love it. Yeah. I, I already said you tried to trick motherfuckers. I respect you more if you go high. <laughs> I'm going to look at you some kind of way. Yeah. Don't care. Okay, yep, uh-huh. And yeah. if I get my ass funked and you get this 4-2 out the damn gate for 80, <laughs> who's going to get yelled at, Think friend? about it. If you, you think about it. You do not like getting hit in the knees. Just question, quick. Why don't you like getting hit in the knees? 
because it's effective. And it's not padded. There's <laughs> 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 no pads down because there. Because it's effective. We have shoulder pads. Most players don't even have knee pads in. And if you do, they're like, have, they're less than a, a quarter inch thick. So they don't even fucking work. It's just part of the uniform code. Yes. You know, so hit me here. We're both going to fall on the ground. My pad's going to protect me. But we're not, Fred. You know what's going to happen? We're both going to fall on the ground. You know what's going to happen if I hit you there? Right? Like, there is the... There is the chance that if I can have enough momentum and I'm not in the open field and I haven't broken down that you and thinking you're gonna shake me, there is a chance I could stand you up. You were 230 when you played. I played anywhere from 185 to 200 pounds. There was no way in the open field I could face you up and stop you from going forward. So my so so now my options are hit him up high, get ran over right? Get stiff-formed. Or if you do make the tackle, you get three to four extra yards. Now, I don't get no money. Now, there is no way people looking at me like, oh, yeah, when RC hits you, that's where you are. RC always gets you on the ground. Like, that's just not how it works. And I think, though, we got to get out of this world where we continue to get softer, right? right. And, 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 like, and like the other, and like, that's my other thing about, like, fans. Like, legitimately, you don't know nothing. They're evolving with the game. The game has changed so much. And if they see a violent hit or play, then, you know, they tend to sway that way. They'll go that way. And who knows who's tweeting you. Maybe some of those guys were huge fans of Nick Chubbs, Cleveland Browns fans. Well, Fred, and they know you're a stealer. No, but I want to say... When you play, that, I'm going to ask a question for you, though. Do you think people... Do you think people intentionally tried to hurt you what, no. when you played? No, only one person. He ended up being my teammate. He choked the shit out of me under the pile. <laughs> and I was like, leave me alone. I couldn't even talk. And then next year, we signed him, Gary Walker. And we still laugh about it to this day. He played for the Titans. But uh, he was like, man, that was just a love hug under the pile, brother. I say, bullshit. But no, no one ever intentionally tried to hurt me. The way I play the game is how it's to sustain most of my injuries. And I'll say this, and we can move on. Uh, Mika did his job, one. You know, the scouting report says, don't hit Nick Chubb up high. You know, and, and that person that said he was already being tackled, the game is so fast. The game of football is extremely fast. That split-second decision, if you, if you flinch, I'm gone. Nick is gone. Most running backs are gone. You know, so it's just part of the part of the the whole process of trying to become the best player on the field to put your team in a position to to win, which is studying tape, knowing your opponent. If it was a smaller running back, you want to take his head off, yeah, right? Because he's not that threat. But bigger guys, Derrick Henry, for example, stiff on watch it. Stiff on you got to watch that. So you want to hit him here. So it's just part of the game. Fans try not to take it personal. It's sport. Injuries happen. The percentage of injuries are are extremely high, and you got to take it however it comes. And that's that. This is coming from a guy who su suffered X Quick, amount of injuries. Quickly, RC. I'm gonna let Fred go. We've had this conversation a number of times. You talk about coming up. Um, near leg, near shoulder, breakdown. Yeah. Break Fred says, I love for you to break down because he makes the same noise every time. When you break down, pop, pop, I'm gone. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, pop, pop is ta ta. <laughs> there we go, ta ta. That, that, that's so, it. Yeah, that's so breakdown, near leg, near shoulder. Yeah. Big ass running backs like that. Nah, love you got to shoot a shot at it. And now, and I want to say this before the show ends I'm extremely, extremely sad about Nick Chubb's injury. 
when Nick Chubb explained to us what he dealt with in 2015 in his sophomore year at Georgia and how he thought his career was over, how he'd never be the same, and then to rebound and become one of the best backs in the entire league and to see the look on his face, the, the, the pain, the tears, that hurt me because I understand how much he puts into the game how good of a human he is and how much he matters to not only the Cleveland Browns, but to the entire NFL. But I just wanted to make sure people know it doesn't work that way in football. You don't just go, oh, I'm going to go, I'm intentionally trying to hurt a guy, so I'm going to cut him low. Like, that is something that happens because the game is fast, because these people are physical, and it's very difficult. And it speaks to both sides of that the off-season battle that the running backs were going through. Yes. You know, on one side of it, you can see why the teams are doing what they're doing Safe and trying to maintain well. leverage. And then on the other side, you can see why the running backs are fighting for long-term deals versus the franchise tag. And it's a catch-22, and it's unfortunate. It would be a great world if we can all compete, play, have fun, and knock each other asses out without injury. But that's not a real world. Say, bro. I got so many jobs, dog, and I feel like I'm getting around here getting chunky. And shoot, ain't no, ain't no time to meal prep. I'm on the road. I can't just grab food anywhere. So it's either starve or these suits gonna be tight. So man, I had to go to factor meals, bro, and just try to find a way where I can get these meals prepped. They're, they're never frozen, two minutes, and you're ready to eat. And that's what I've had to do, man, just to keep going this season. Yeah, I know I'm fine. I get compliments all the time. I can't eat all that fast food, but I don't have time to go to the grocery store, do the chopping and the prepping and all the cleanup. So you know what you get? Meals that can be made in two minutes, fresh, never frozen meals. That's my direction I'm going in now. Got to stay healthy. RC, I can say this. If you get fat, that's on you because with Factor, you can <laughs> get whatever you want to get. 34 different varieties a week. Look, you can eat, you can eat some good stuff. I'm bougie. I get the gourmet uh, level. I need the gourmet <laughs> level. I need my truffle butter. Factor got everything. I got broccolini. If you get fat, that's on you, brother. Hey, listen, you can head to factormills.com slash thepivot50 and use the code thepivot50 to get 50% off. That's code thepivot50 at factormills.com slash thepivot50 to get 50% off. Obviously, if we're talking about this much football, football season is here. Football season now has taken on like a, a, a different... You work too damn hard. Oh, shut up. Jobs you got. And like the, the thing about it is, it's, it's like I wanted that though. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's almost the looking at your blessings and being grateful for them because you ask for it. You know, it's the almost be careful what you pray for or be careful what you ask for because sometimes you might get it, yep. you know, and, and I've gotten it and I love it. And when it's time to be like present for work, I'm very present. Like the, the, the physical act of being able to do my job, the physical act of being able to be who I am when the lights are on, it's very evident. I can do that. It's when they're off, right? It's when, it's when something happens that's normally very little to me that I laugh through and I'm cool through and like everybody's like, oh, nothing bothers RC. And it just aggravates the piss out of me. But it's because you're tired, you know what I mean? It's because, you know, you start at 6 a.m. in New York, you end at 1 a.m. in Bristol, then you got to get in the car and go to South Jersey, right? And then you right back up doing it again. I ain't gonna lie, man, Friday, it won, you know? And I pride myself on like, 
My thing is, no matter what circumstance you put me in, I'm going to attempt to excel. Yeah. And I failed. We're doing NFL Live, bro. And so Thursday nights, I fly to go to see Jordan. Because if I get there on Thursday night, I can actually see him on Friday. Because, you know, you don't get to spend a lot of time with him on game yeah, weeks. Running. Right. And so I get there. And then he's Jordan and he wants to watch film the whole time. So I don't see him but three minutes on Friday anyway. I don't know why I go. Right. So I'm going. There. I'm stuck in Houston for three hours. So we land at 1 a.m. I get to the hotel around 2 o'clock, shower, go to sleep. I had to get me up. I, have a, uh, I had to get up. I'm on West Coast now. Get up starts at 8. So I'm three hours behind. So I'm up and working. Then after that, man, I do my, my production meetings. All these things happen. So I'm on NFL Live, bro, and I'm sitting there. And it's like the show's going on and, like, nobody's talking to me, you know? And Dan's talking and Mina's talking and Hannah's talking and Jeff Darlington's talking. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I did all these meetings and I did all this preparation. I've watched every single game. And, like, I can't, like, not going to come to me. And it was almost like me fighting the entitlement of like, I work damn hard, like I should be a part of the show. I'm actually really good at this too. Me being a part of the show makes it better for the show. And bro, I stopped talking. Like they'd come to me and like normally when you'd come to me and I know I have 40 seconds, I'd cut on, right? I'm excited, I'm analogies, I'm jokes, nothing. You know what I mean? And like I even told him like, can y'all just take me off the rest of the show? You know what I mean? You just, you just said you failed. I failed. If you ask me about myself, it's the one thing I love about me. I don't love it. Like, I'm not good at a lot. Like, people think because I'm successful, like I was successful at football and I'm successful at media, that I'm good at a lot of things. I'm actually not. I just only do stuff I'm good at. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But the one thing I'm good at is like, no matter what, because I think it's just the undrafted free agent thing. Oh, I got to go play gunner? I'm going to be the best gunner we got. Turn on. I just turn on. You know what I mean? And I couldn't. And the thing was... It was like, I don't know if it was that I didn't want to or if I was just so mentally drained from trying to be on and being tired that I couldn't. And like afterwards, I was like embarrassed because I was like, I let I let them win. Right. I, I can't I can't now say no matter what you did to me, I always showed up for you because I didn't. Strong men fail and they grow. I guarantee knowing you as well as we do, that will never happen again. No, because you, you grew from that. So that's one thing when you fail, that's why people don't take chances because they're so scared to fail, but you you grow through failure. And I think that's what you did. Man, crowd for spilled milk, hell, roll with it. Next time do better. <laughs> I did. And I don't know who quote it is or how, you know, how they brought it together, but they said, um, you know, um, you'll find a way or you'll find an excuse. I don't know the rest of it, mm -hmm. but I like telling my fucking children that now. That's mm -hmm. all I've been saying the last two weeks, as if I had never heard it before. And knowing the man that you are, you know, and, and the fact that you fought against those odds, you know, to get to this position. And you do a great job at everything that I've seen you do. You will find a way, you know, and if you don't find a way immediately, just tap into HR. I'm sure, you know. <laughs> you know, but like that's the and so HR like that's, can help you. And so like that was the thing, man. Like it just like it just continued going because like I'm a solution guy. Y'all know that. Right. I don't like having conversations that's just to talk. Like I feel like that's stupid. Mm -hmm. Like why do we talk for 16 hours? Find an answer. What's the answer to the question? Like two plus two, it got an answer. Yeah. If you ain't looking, if you just want to keep talking about how we get to it, that don't make no sense to me. Let's get the answer. And so, man, you know, so I make the calls, bro. And I'm like, look, you know, what are we going to do? And I'm not trying to tap in to do more work. I do enough work. I'm on TV enough. 
I was like, how do we respect my time? Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do we not make me stay on the production call with the pre-production call with you for 45 minutes and then the production call with you for an hour, right? The Zoom meeting. And then I only talk for four minutes. I could talk for four minutes without knowing anything that's coming up. You can ask me any question and I can do it. We know. You know, and so you true. And so <laughs> we're having the conversation, bro. And I said, you know, and I'm talking to him like, hey, you know, how do I, uh, can I just email you my answers? And in emailing you my answers, is it possible that once you guys do the rundown, you can just send me the rundown? I said, because I travel out here. And I was like, and I know that none of what's going on in my life is of your concern or should be. I said, I'm trying to just talk about what happens with this show. If I'm only going to do that part of the show, how can we lessen my preparation time? Because I don't need to prep for two hours to talk for four minutes. I was talking to, you know, one of the producers. He's a, he's a white male. And he tells me, he goes, well, I don't want this to be a hostile relationship going forward. So I called you calmly as a professional. Uh, I spoke to you without insult. I spoke to you without making it personal. I talked as a professional as it pertains to my job. I asked you, how can we work together to make this a better environment for everyone and allow us to use my time, which I find valuable, efficiently? And the only answer you have for me is you don't want this to be a hostile environment? I said, well, I said, now, even though it's not a hostile environment, we have a problem. <laughs> I said, because, because if, if you don't know me or if you haven't dealt with me in this capacity, I said, everybody here knows I work as hard as anybody, mm -hmm. right? I'm on, I'm on the six o'clock get up meeting when nobody else has to be on that, right? And so now if you go tell your colleagues or you tell your executives that Ryan Clark is hostile, what happens? Oh, the big black mad football player doesn't angry, know how to handle himself. Angry black man. Right? I said, so we got to figure this out. I was like, we can't have that two grown adult men can't have a conversation in the way that two grown adult men should be able to have a conversation without you having to run and say it's hostile. I said, so it's either that you are unaware of your biases, right? Or you just quickly categorize me in that way so you don't have to deal with me and answer me as a man, you know? And I think that's like the other piece of business that I'm having to move into and understand is like from our perspective, you can tell me anything. Yeah. And you can tell me any kind of way you want and we can handle it the same way. Like you feel this way, all right, let's talk about it. But in business, it doesn't work that way. But how do you deal with people who misperceive your approach because of their own biases, their own personal stories, or truly being unaware of the way things will sound, the way things will be accepted. Because if he goes and says that somewhere else, now I have to deal with it. You can't, you can't change people's insecurities. That's who they are and what they are. You know, some people just, some people would rather uh, call than text when shit's unnecessary. Or they would rather Zoom than call. I'm gonna turn my camera off anyway. And then you got some people that just, well, this is my job. I gotta cover my ass and I gotta create this checklist. If the procedure is for me to call you, 
after I email you, this is what I'm going to do. And, and also you can add trust to that. You know, until you guys actually, uh, until he finds a way to trust that you are the professional that you have shown to be and that everyone else knows you uh, to be that person, um, he's going to probably continue to have that approach. And that's just his own insecurity. In a sense, in fairness, the, you know, on the outside looking in, if that's his job, he has to do his job until he's comfortable with saying that you are the pro that you The are. insecurity thing is big, too, because the everybody has biases, everybody has racism, everybody has prejudice. The problem is communication. And I would say on two sides, not speaking about you and this other individual, but on two sides of things, somebody got to meet in the middle. The way you talk to him made him feel was hostile. Then he needs to understand how you communicate or you need to talk differently to him. But y'all would need to meet somewhere in the middle. And that would be it was a lack of communication. But to Freddie T's point, if you're a superior, the best bosses know how to connect and know just like coaches. Mm -hmm. I can talk to Fred different than I talk to Ryan if I'm your head coach. I can cuss this dude out and I have to coddle him. So as a superior, I would say that if a if someone needs to talk to you, need to communicate with you, and you take it as hostile, it's your job as a superior to understand that employee and try to get that communication right. But I, as you laid it out, RC, the only thing I went to was insecurities and communication. There was a lack of communication there. And and that's that's uh, next time, RC, just hit him with the shikari, shikari, <laughs> shikari, shikari. Peace, love, and light. You know, I'm living my life. Shout out to my haters. You know, and just go do your thing that you always do, man. And, uh, you know, Channing hit it on the head. Communication is key. Y'all will figure it out and find a way. Fellas, it is week three, and DraftKings has turned to us because they want our picks. San Francisco is flat out balling, bro, and I don't really care who the opponent is. I got them until I don't. Boy, I got to go with Cleveland. You know they got that new quarterback and that defense is playing now. Cleveland over Tennessee. Listen, I'm going to stay home, man. I ain't got to go too far. My backyard is Miami. So I got Miami. Hey, listen, these two may be probably more right than I always am, but I'm still trying. We had an HR call last <laughs> week. Uh, and on the HR call, it was uh, we went to the head of HR, uh, one Randolph Channing Crowder, uh, with a complaint. Uh -huh. um, so what happens is, right, when you become a group, which we are, right? Like when people see us together, it's like seeing celebrities in the wild. Like they can't <laughs> believe we actually hang together. I don't know if they think we like superimpose ourselves on this show, but we got to get to freaking the forum in Columbus in some kind of way. Yeah. So sometimes we got to come together. Like we got to go, ooh, pause. We got to go together. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got no problem with it. <laughs> Yeah, what you said? Wait, Chan, Chan, Chan. I don't want to. I don't want to be in anywhere close to coming with you. I don't, Chan. They got movie theaters. They got movie theaters. Y'all can sit separate. Uh huh. And they play nasty pictures. You heard Pee Wee Herman? Oh wow, you went way back there. When he had the popcorn bucket with it with the hole in the bottom. Never mind. <laughs> well, but what we're saying is. <laughs> People get associated with one another, right? Uh -huh. So basically, one, he never gets us in trouble. Like, let me just be very honest about that. Yeah. Fred has never said anything that I've had to answer for. Yes. They're never like, hey, man, why your boy Fred do that? That never happens. No. Right? You and you have certainly had to answer for things I've said. Yes. And I appreciate you guys. Right? Got you back, baby. Uh, this week, just minding my business in Arizona, 
clearly we see that my day wasn't great. Yes. Right? And then I get <clears throat> your boy Chan cutting up, huh? <laughs> your boy Chan fake. He's shaking Dak's hand, and then he said he gonna take Dak to dinner and say whoop de whoop de whoop. I said, well, guys, I'm not Channing. And then I got this call. Well, should somebody say something nice about Dak? And what did I say? Nope. Nope. I'm riding with Chan. <laughs> yeah. I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> we just gonna have to ride this one out, and none of us can't go back to Oxford. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's so funny, that whole situation, man. I laid it out. I laid up that they have a great team. The Dallas Cowboys have Hall of Famers everywhere. Back to back years, they're going to go play the 49ers. They're going to score 12 and 17 points, and they're going to lose. And I watched that in facts, and it was Dak's offense, and that was the point I made. You told me we were on the call, and you made perfect sense. You can say something, but when you say it with a lot of, what do you, how do you say it? Very animated, very energetic, and you tell jokes when, when I was you, like. And when you paint certain pictures. And I was like, if he ever sees a four or a nine, he gets scared. And I understand. It was just fun. It's entertainment, and that's what we do. But I do question Dak's quarterbacking ability to take his team to win a Super Bowl. And that's what I was saying. But it was very, I respect the man as a human. This is my thing, RC. And the thing that got to me, I made my opinion. I feel that way. The thing that got to me is when they were like, oh, you shook his hand, and then you said he's, uh, he's not that good. There are facts behind why people question Dak Prescott. But I can still appreciate you, like you as a human, and question your ability. There are, there, I know doctors that ain't worth a shit, but they're in my family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, Channing, in all, in all fairness, to Dak, right? And, um, and I ain't trying to clean up what you say. You say, well, this is your opinion. And my opinion is this. If the Ravens can win a Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer, right? Um... Then they win with Trent Dilfer. Trent, Fred, it's yeah. a different game. Brad and the, Johnson, and Buccaneers. And then Brad Johnson and the Buccaneers, yeah. Different and even game. back in the 80s when I played, like you are, uh, Jim McMahon and the Chicago Bears. And We're talking about defenses. Football is the most amazing white title. Football, Joe we're talking about sport, right? We're talking about sport. You can't just leave it all on Dak. You can't, yes. you can't just leave it all on Dak to win a championship. Yes. It's, a, it's about sport. As I see it, my, my early season top five, San Fran, uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys, 1A, 1B. Mm -hmm. Those are the two best teams in the NFL right now. Yep. And, and Dak has an amazing defense. All he got to do is continue to be consistent and steady and not try to play out of, out of you know, he, he doesn't have to play like a, a top three quarterback. Because he's not. But people give him shit because Dak's still a fourth-round pick. He's a Dallas Cowboy. And anytime shit ain't going right in Dallas, people attack those players. And that's just because they are the mockery. So what, they, what they've done in the past has made them the mockery in present time, yeah. right? They're, they're, they're not as great as they were, and people want that. So people, when, when the players aren't playing at their A game, they go back and they say, all right, I can pick at this guy, I can pick at this guy. And who else are you going to pick they're, at? They're You're going to always attack the quarterback. They're America's team. They're the highest, what, they're the highest priced team in the league. With great power comes if, great responsibility. If Dak was doing, if Dak played the way he played on other teams, you wouldn't give him as much shit. People wouldn't. Because he has a lot people, of power people, being on America's team. But and why the should, highest, why the should that be a team? part of because it his is. play on the field? Because they were so on the field. So so can, can I talk? He threw, I, I he threw interceptions. Other quarterbacks have thrown more on an annual basis. Did they get the same shit that Dak gets? Can I be honest, though? 
can know? I, can I be, because I'm in the business, right? So being in the business is this. Every Monday morning when I wake up and I do the production call for Get Up, the Dallas Cowboys are in the rundown. Every Monday morning. And you know what? There are sometimes they put them in the A's and they put them later in the show so they could tease after the B's that the Dallas Cowboys are going to be back in the show. You know why? Because people stay and watch until Dallas comes on. Yes. Right? So it's not that Dak Prescott gets more stuff for his play. It's that that team is talked about more so you hear it. Right. Is that the fact that no matter what show you go on, if your job is to analyze football, they're going to ask you about the Dallas Cowboys because the Dallas Cowboys on their show is going to rate. Now, because of that, you're going to talk about the most important position in football, which is the quarterback position. Dak Prescott is a success story. Dak Prescott is a fourth round pick that became the franchise quarterback of America's team of the most valuable sports organization in the world. He really is. Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Dak Prescott, to me, is a top 10 quarterback. Dak Prescott is a guy that's going to a Pro Bowl. He's got an opportunity to get a second contract, which he earned, which he deserved. Now, in that same breath, Dak Prescott in that offense is the reason you lose to San Francisco, along with Mike McCarthy that year. It's the reason you lose to San Francisco when you win the division. It's the reason that in the second round, you go there and you lose when your defense holds them under 20 points. Correct. That's the two interceptions. That's analyzing the game. If Dak Prescott doesn't throw the interception to Lenore, if he doesn't throw uh, to Lenore, I forget his last name, whatever it is. If he doesn't throw the, the, the tip pick that I think Fred Warner catches. Like if those things don't happen, the team wins. It's okay to say that. The world has gotten to a point because of Twitter, because of the visuals, we can show Channing shaking his hand. And so because Channing shakes his hand, he's never supposed to truly analyze football as he sees it. And that's wrong. Right. 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 Now, the, the thing is, it's just like me. Right. Let's take the Tua situation, for instance. If I say when I see Tua that, you know, oh, man, Tua's gained some weight this year. I wonder what part of his offseason program that was and why he would do it. It looks He looks a little heavy to me. I wonder how that would affect him getting inside and out of the pocket. I don't know if his offseason program, if, if they, they programmed it that way and it went correctly, as opposed to me saying he looks like a woman from Onyx. No. That is the, the fun of entertaining. That is the adding a piece to it. And when people hear that, it's different. If Channing said, I'm going to take him out to dinner and tell him you're the reason we lost, that gets... That, 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 that gets people's ears, that gets people's eyes. People want to hear that. They want to listen to it. It's more entertaining, but now it feels more personal. When simply all he's saying is, I turned on the film in the last two playoff games and Dak Prescott did not play well. Based on the way Dak Prescott played, I can't foresee his play being the reason that team wins the Super Bowl. If he says it that way, nobody has an issue with it. Correct. And it's not all of those things. And we can't be everybody's friend, right? And, and that is not our job. And so I think that for me, I believe this, that the Dallas Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl this year. I believe they're going to the Super Bowl because of that defense, because Mike McCarthy inexplicably is a very, very good play caller now, and because Dak Prescott I believe, is a good enough quarterback to win a Super Bowl and a team win a Super Bowl because of him and not in spite of him. But, but, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it again. I have no problem 
with what Channing said. I have no problem with the way that he described it. I have no problem with the way that he analyzed this film. I don't believe that he should, because he's shaking his hand, because he's taking a picture with him, he has to change his opinion. I will say this, when I get to know people, and when I get close to them, or when I feel like they do certain things for me, or they're showing me certain love, I speak about them differently. I won't change my opinion. I won't lie about what I see on the film, but I will approach it differently because I respect the way that they might receive it. He doesn't have to do that, and it doesn't make him wrong. And I'm going to say this before we go. No matter what he does, I'm with him when he right, and I'm going to be with him when he wrong in public. That's the show. That's good shit. Hold up. Let me listen. They can send me a pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. No one me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Let me listen. They can send me a pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. Uh, on the mission, get me up.